Welcome to the Unseminary Podcast. Are you looking for practical ministry help to drive your ministry further, faster? Have a sinking feeling that your ministry training didn't prepare you for the real world? Hey, you're not alone. Join thousands of others in pursuit of stuff that we wish they had taught in seminary. Buckle up and let's get started with this week's Unseminary Podcast. Well, hey, happy Thursday, everybody. Welcome to the Unseminary Podcast. My name is Rich Birch, the host here uh, of this show. Thank you so much for tuning in. I know there's lots of other things you could be doing today uh, than putting us in your earbuds and tuning in. You know, this show is all about providing you with practical ministry help. And today, we've got a treat for you. We've got Frank Beeler. Uh, He's a part of the leadership team at Elevation Church. Elevation is one of the fastest growing churches uh, in the country. And, you know, Frank is a real humble guy. You know, here's a guy with their church is literally exploding around them, 14,000 people. Um, and they just started, you know, six, seven years ago. Um, and I think you'll see Frank's, a, you know, real kind spirit and share some real practical insights about working inside a growing multi-site ministry. Let's tune in. Make sure uh, you stay through till the end because I've got a couple resources I want to share with you at the end. This is the Unseminary Podcast, stuff you wish they taught in seminary. All right, well, welcome to the Unseminary Podcast. Um, I'm excited for today's podcast. This is one of those ones I've been looking forward to for a couple weeks. We've got Frank Beeler on the line. Frank is from Elevation Church, really uh, one of the leading churches in the country. God's doing incredible things there, Uh, and I'm just excited to have Frank on the show. Thanks for being here today, Frank. Yeah, thanks, Rich. We love what you're doing at Unseminary. We follow it regularly, and we're learning a lot from you, so thanks for what you're doing. I oh, appreciate that. Why don't you tell us a bit about unsem- or not about unseminary, a bit, a little bit about elevation uh, and your role there? Sure. So I'm the family pastor here at Elevation. So we have nine campuses. Of those, seven are portable, two are permanent. Uh, we're a young church. We're only eight years old. Our pastor uh, is Pastor Stephen Furtick, an amazing man of God that has great vision about what God's doing in our church. We're thankful for it. Um, it's a little unique you would have us be on the show because we feel like we're still learning everything about ministry, but we have seen some things work, and so hopefully we can share those today and be helpful. Uh, We've got about 14,000 people coming on the weekends right now, and we're excited about what God's doing and and look forward to sharing some with you. Cool. Well, you guys are in rare error from a multi-site point of view. You probably know this, that, you know, 85% of all multi-sites don't get beyond three locations, and you guys are at nine with more coming. Um, So, you know, what's that like? We'd love to kind of peel off that, you know, a little bit. There's a lot of churches out there. I know a lot of the churches that listen in uh, are multi-site, and they're thinking about going uh, multi-site down the road. There must be some, you know, tension you feel as you lead uh, in that environment. Sure. Well, one of the biggest tensions we feel is we're moving so fast. I mean, our last campus we launched in four weeks from idea, conception to execution of a campus. And that one That's launched crazy. just a few weeks ago. It was fun. It was a little crazy. <laughs> it was. Uh, launched successfully. We're really pleased with that. But along the way, this whole idea, this tension of excellence and continuing to maintain vision and high standards and quality over and over and over again. So this reproducibility. So we've got to create something that we think is awesome and great and that, that uh, people and unchurched people want to attend and learn from. We've got to do it over and over and over again. So there's this limitation there that there are some things that you could do if you had one location or maybe even a couple that when you're trying to do it nine times, even in a certain area, that just uh, is just a little overwhelming. Yeah, so now let's kind of dig into that a little bit. So let, when you're trying within your you know, ministry department, you obviously have people across all those different locations. Um, how do you do, you know, let's say on the proactive side, you want to roll out, you've got something special coming out in, in your area. You know, how do you actually do that communication with uh, people in all those locations? 
so the big thing for us is to start with, all right, what's an excellent experience? So what would be, uh, what we could do once and program something out that we're like, this would be incredible and then back into the idea of how do we make this now transferable. And so we found that if we try to start transferable first, the quality of the ideas get lessened along the way. Mm. And so we really want to push this idea of what's an excellent experience, what really conveys the message in my area of family ministry, how do I really connect parents to what the kids are doing, what's an awesome way to do that. And once we figure that out, then we try to figure out how do we continue to communicate, make sure the vision's right at all the locations, how do we make sure that everybody's on the same page. Obviously, that's a lot of emails, it's a lot of uh, video <laughs> messages, and uh, some meetings. We still rally the troops from every campus every single week in one location. We pull everybody together, except for one campus. It's in Toronto, Canada. They're a little far away, so they Skype in. But we have a meeting every week discussing execution for that weekend and the coming couple of weeks to really make sure at least staff are on the same page first of what we're going to do, why we're doing it, while we're pushing this, while we're cranking something out on a Saturday afternoon for that weekend, right. leave in it, you know, really getting some vision behind it. And then along the way, making sure that that translates down to the volunteers and awesome people that actually make it happen. Okay. Um, now, what about on the, you know, let's say you're, you're kind of doing, you know, for lack of a better word, kind of check-ins or like, you know, how do you make sure from your perspective, you've rolled something out, you want to make sure that it, you are providing that kind of quality experience across those various locations. How, what is your, you know, kind of feedback process look like? How do you understand what's happening? How can you be in nine places at once? That's great. So obviously can't be at nine places at once. I would love to be able to do that. Wish I could. Uh, we're still trying some technology at Elevation of Pioneer, the ability to replicate people because we think it could be really cool. Um, but until we figure that out, still um, working on that. We have a couple things. We we really have a central team that. Uh, we try to get around to all the campuses. They rotate among the campus, and their job is to really oversee and ensure excellence without becoming that enforcer. You know, oh no, corporate's here, and they're going to tell us what to do. We've got to right. watch that really carefully, but we kind of have this checklist of what we're watching for, and one of the great things that we have is because we continue to launch campuses, what we see is the things that we learn that we then executed a new campus not only is that campus better off because we learned how to launch in a school better or YMCA better, and so we do it better the next time, but then we take those practices and apply those back to some of the original campuses. Many right, people don't right, know this, right. but the very first campus that we launched is still one of our schools. We still right. occupy the original school that we kicked it all off in, and we're having to improve that. We can't leave that where it was seven years ago, uh, even though it's launched all these other campuses now. It's not our broadcasting location or anything, but as we learn new ideas, as we launch new schools and, and how to do that in school, we're coming back and coming full circle to apply those things. And so it's always pushing our level of excellence to say, all right, we did it this way in this environment, are we still doing that same standard? And so the speed of launching is actually helping ensure some of that excellence because it's causing us to look back at where we are and are those campuses really operating at the same level as what we plan on these new campuses operating at. Right. Yeah, the, um, you know, you have a, a mixed environment. It was one of the things that was striking when I visited Elevation, well, it was probably 18 months ago, was that, you know, that original location. So many times, you know, churches, multi-site churches, they launch, they start, you know, maybe they start in a school, that sort of thing, and then they kind of graduate up uh, to some, you know, other facility. And you guys have done that a couple times with your, you know, kind of, you know, broadcast campus. 
Uh, but those campuses, not only do they continue back from the original, you know, location, but even, you know, some of that permanent stuff, which is, is fun to see. Um, now, how do you guys have a mixed environment where you have kind of both portable, you know, set up teardown locations and then also permanent locations. How have you found, you know, what kind of tensions has that created in trying to, you know, between creating excellent experiences and then also, you know, this reproducibility issue? How have you kind of sorted that out? That's great. So uh, let's talk family ministry for a second, because in family ministry we talk a lot about environments. In fact, I've read some posts on your side about environments to making those right. excellent where you should invest money, right? Uh, right. And so for environments for us, we're never going to be, uh, we love it, we love it, but like worlds of wow and these great, great, robust environments, because we don't know how to reproduce that over and over again. And right. we know that we don't want a permanent facility to be drastically different than a portable. And so we lean heavily on digital uh, media and things like that to create those environments. So we lean heavily on music, on videos, on graphics, things like that, things that can be translated across multiple locations, both print pieces and the screen. And so we lean on that uh, to carry across. And then for us, it's, all right, how do we make equal safety, equal ratios, good clean environments, when some of those environments we don't get to clean during the week, and so how do we give parents confidence of where they're dropping their kids off, uh, but at the same time make it a cool environment. And so we literally have kids that on any given weekend, um, they serve at one campus, but then they attend another campus with their family, and they're okay going to both, except one's permanent and one's portable. And so uh, we're really trying to make it where it's okay and they don't feel like it's a downgrade to go to the portable facility because there's a lot of pipe and drape. So even the color choices of the pipe and drape, the flooring that we lay down in every classroom, we just switched to a, a puzzle flooring in all of our uh, toddler age rooms that's all wood grain and so it just looks yeah that legit. stuff looks great and I know so that's what you're talking really about pops. it looks really good yeah yeah and so then once again that's that's something that I can create at a permanent facility that's really hard at a portable so we're looking for ways to make it feel the same and not feel once again like that downgrade mm -hmm. uh, because we know that we have more people attending portable campuses than our permanent facilities and really so, uh, yep, and so huh. right now we're we just crossed that line with this new addition that there's more portable than permanent, and so uh, just crossed it. Uh, so we're we're grateful for that. We love it, but that means that we need to make sure that we're investing in those portables like the permanent. Yeah, that's uh, that's amazing. That's uh, that's great. Um, the and obviously, if you're thinking about more campuses down the road, that trend will just continue because um, it's hard to obviously keep up with the you know the permanent thing is hard to build towards, right? It's hard to you know, it's not like moving, it's hard to convert. I know like New Spring, they're trying to convert even their permanent locations or their portable locations into permanent, uh, but that's not the kind of thing you can do overnight typically. You know, for that's sure. right, and for us, um, if we're doing that, by the time we've got one converted to permanent, hopefully we've launched two more portables, and so right. uh, hopefully with what God's doing and us trying to steward this movement well, uh, we're just going to keep running hard and have some fun along the way and right. learn. Uh, so January, we launch our third permanent facility, and so we're learning a lot with that, but then we're talking to portables immediately following that. And so it should be that constant tug of each one pushing the other in excellence. Cool. Um, what about kind of leadership? Give me a sense of what you do for leadership development, because obviously a big part of this, uh, you know, trying to kind of push for reproducibility and, and excellence across all the campuses is, um, you know, some leadership development. So what, what does that look like across your various locations in, a, in, your, in the family ministry department? 
Yeah, so specifically in our department, but honestly across all departments, we have the same model for leadership development, and it's this, we call it the leadership pipeline, and so as we're raising up volunteer leaders, and as you know, Rich, we run really lean from a staff and from an a expense standpoint, so a lot of what we do is high-level volunteers, and so we want to raise up and make sure we're consistent in that growing process. So we have this leadership pipeline. It starts with strength finders and an application and some conversations about really how connected are they to the church. You know, if somebody shows up next week and it's their first time at the church and they're wanting to lead and, and they haven't they haven't given, they haven't served, they haven't been around for any length of time, that makes us a little nervous. Honestly creeps mm. us out a little bit. You know, mm -hmm. let's let's show some legacy and some time of serving and be willing to get up at five AM and, right. and help get a get a campus set up first. But those that start to really build some relationships and build some community in the church, we put them in this pipeline and once again strength finders, we start to have some conversations. Um, we put them on a leadership development track based on uh, initial interviews held by our campus pastors and then they'll develop from there in areas that we see they need to improve on and basically we give them a list of things to do and to grow into before we'll place them in leadership. So we put those expectations out there clearly and those are going to be different per individual but I think it helps us ensure that we have the right leaders in place mm -hmm. and we will we are willing to launch a campus and have an area of family ministry that doesn't currently have a leader that the staff is having to oversee that area um, in order not to put the wrong leader in place. We'll go right. a season without a leader where the staff members just having to fill the gap with that. We're okay with that. Mm -hmm. um, but our leadership pipeline goes across guest services, campus support, everything that you see. We're really intentional about building them up and hopefully some of those leaders along the way become staff members to help us launch future campuses. Yeah, you know, one of the things I, I've had the privilege of visiting a lot of churches across the country and, um, you know, I, Elevation is is really a move of God. What's happening there is you can't get it into a box. It's not like you can say, okay, so this is, if you did this, put these things on your spreadsheet as a church, you know, that'll happen in your church. But the thing I will say, because I think a lot of times people focus at elevation on Pastor Stephen, his teaching ability, and you know how you know how God's using his his point leadership. That's definitely a part of the equation there. But the thing that I was walked away with just deeply impressed is I've never seen a church as engaged on you know developing and releasing volunteers and volunteer leaders as Elevation Church. You guys do just a killer job on that. And so I I said to a lot of church leaders, I'm like, listen, and and I and that includes everybody else in that kind of you know, pantheon of, you know, the biggest churches in the country. I've never seen a church that does it as well as you guys. And so I've said to tons of churches, you really should go spend a weekend and try to get into that culture there because it's it's unlike anything I've ever seen before. It's it's breathtaking. It's amazing. So, you know, great job there, there Frank. Anything else on this when you think about this tension between, you know, how do we develop excellent environments and, you know, and experiences uh, and, you know, the reproducibility? Uh, I think just the biggest thing is let's be intentional, intentional about thinking through it as we're moving forward. Let's not try to reproduce something uh, that's not healthy in it in of itself. Uh, so as we're looking at a campus, let's not go launch another one before we get one healthy. Let's start wrestling with those kind of things. So uh, make sure that we're reproducing something that's excellent and keep pushing through with that. And just start with excellence, then figure out how to make it transferable. I, just, I can't say that enough. I think that's a great way to look at multi-site. This is the Unseminary Podcast, stuff you wish they taught in seminary. All right, well, here we are in the lightning round. Uh, I love this part of the, uh, the, the episode. We got Frank uh, on here. And so, Frank, what's an online resource you're using these days uh, that, you know, is helping you in your ministry? 
So uh, I'm sure you hear this a ton, but I love Evernote. I eat, breathe, live in it. Um, found every nook and cranny that I can use for that. It really is how I do ministry uh, for the most part. Um, but another one is Scoop It. Uh, it's a great site for it's a curation of information. So it's just a uh, websites and blog posts and things like that. Just a good place to pull it together. I have a little page that I use that's just solely for me to have my stuff when I want to go back and look or read something. I just like the format of it. I like being able to follow other people that are building things around the same trends. So it's super helpful. Yeah, it's cool. Yeah, I had someone joke. They said, you know that lightning round, you should just say it's brought to you by Evernote because everybody keeps saying Evernote. <laughs> you know? <That's> so great. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's great. Scoop it. I'll have to check that out. I've, I've never seen that before. Um, what's a book that you've read in the last, you know, six months to a year that's had an impact on your ministry, and, and why is that? Yep. So Dan and Chip Heath's book, uh, Decisive, oh, has a been book. a game changer. It's so, so good. I've read it now twice this year. Uh, really managed the way I've managed meetings. Also, uh, the relationship specifically that I have with our creative department, uh, it's been so helpful for me because it just helps kind of put through a lens the way decisions are made and how it affects people and how people process those, including like those creative elements. So somebody brings me something that they put their heart and soul into, how they process my response and the decisions I make based on that. Uh, it's just really helpful. So I love Decisive. Cool. Um, what's another ministry uh, that's kind of inspiring you these days? Um, we have dear friends at Life Church in New Spring, and we are spending a lot of time in conversation uh, just talking about what family ministry is going to look like in the future, uh, what it looks like with multi-site, how do we continue to make it excellent but engage parents at every location. Uh, so they're uh, we're on the phone weekly talking to both them. Uh, Sherry uh, is the family ministries person over at New Spring, and Allison at Life Church. They're great. Cool. Very cool. Um, who's a leader uh, that's alive today? You know, if you could get 15 minutes with them, uh, you know, who would you want to get that time with, and why? Uh, so I would say Malcolm Gladwell. Uh, of course, oh, he's nice. got his newest book, is David and Goliath. Uh, love it, love it. It's a great book. I've read everything he's written. I just think his brain works in a very special way, and I think <laughs> if I could kind of embrace the way his mind works, I think it would make me a better leader, a better ministry leader, a better family uh, in our household and with my wife and kids. I just love the way his brain works, and he just has a fresh look on things, and I think it would be helpful for me. Yeah, another Canadian, you know, which is always great. And it, it could be that hair, you know, there's something with that hair and the way his brain works, you know. He has that kind of Einsteinish hair. <laughs> yeah, people think he has big hair. He actually has a very big head with a big brain and just a very small <laughs> amount of hair around the head. Yeah, like that's, that. that's true. All brain. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so when you're kicking back, you know, you guys are running hard at Elevation. You're doing a lot, growing quickly, deciding to launch campuses in a month. Uh, but when you're kicking back just to kind of, you know, relax a little bit, what does he do, you know, just for fun or just on the personal side? So I've got a wife and three kids, and so we have a lot of fun just hanging out, playing together. I love going to the movies. My wife and I will uh, often be found late at night going to see a double feature. We'll go see movies back-to-back. Nice. We some movies. And uh, disc golf, I love going to play disc golf. Really? It's a good way for me to relax. I don't get really frustrated with disc golf for some reason. Every other sport, right? You're, as guys, yeah. we get competitive, and we want to, <laughs> like, ah, oh, we should do better. But disc golf, I just don't get mad if I don't do real well, but I can enjoy spending some time. Yeah, that's fun. That's great. Well, I, Frank, I really appreciate you being on the show today. Thank you so much for, uh, you know, taking time to be with us and sharing. And I, I just really appreciate that. If people want to get in touch with you or learn more about your church, how can they do that? 
Uh, so you can go to our family ministry website, Elevation E-Kids, E-K-I-D-Z dot com. That'll get you to our church for more information. You can get to me that way, and you can see what we're producing creatively. It's just a fun place for you to kind of find out what we're doing. Cool. Well, thanks so much, Frank. Have a great uh, weekend, and thanks for being on the show. Yeah, man. Thanks, Rich. Thanks for having me. This is the Unseminary Podcast, stuff you wish they taught in seminary. So thankful that Frank joined us on the show today. Just really appreciate his spirit, appreciate what uh, God's doing through his leadership. Uh, as you go, make sure you drop over uh, to Unseminary. Did you know there's almost 50 articles on uh, multi-site? Uh, it's really, a, there's a collection there uh, of a lot of great articles that might be helpful for you as you lead in a multi-site church or as you think about uh, leading in a multi-site. So drop by there uh, and check out those articles. Now, whether you're in a multi-site church or you're in a single location church, go into this weekend looking to serve and care for those people. God has put you in your path. Thank you so much for tuning in, and we'll see you next Thursday on the Unseminary Podcast. Thank you for tuning in to this week's Unseminary Podcast. Don't be shy. We'd love to connect. Check out Unseminary Inbox. You can sign up at unseminary.com, and we'll send you helpful training resources every week. Plus, you'll gain immediate access to our exclusive members area with tons of resources you can use. Connect with Rich on Twitter at Rich Birch or through email rich at unseminary.com Don't forget to check out the show notes for this episode at unseminary.com It includes links to what we talked about today and more. Leave a comment. We'd love to hear from you. Did you enjoy today's episode? Drop by iTunes and leave a review. Thanks again for tuning in to this week's Unseminary Podcast. Join us next week when we'll learn more stuff we wish they taught in seminary.